I have a question for you, Jordan. I love this questions. This is a genuine question. What happens when you're talking to somebody that you don't know well enough to, like, really disagree with, and they start to talk about how much they love just a terrible movie? Do you do you is it like is it like you know just smile and wave boys or is it or is it I disagree or yeah, well that's just a well, bad it, movie you're dumb you're a dumb person I, no I definitely try to make people feel as bad about themselves as possible <laughs> okay sure uh, I try I'm 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 a monster uh, antisocial misanthropic monster um, I no I I think it really depends on the person like sometimes yeah sometimes I can like. If I feel like there's a lot of mutual respect or whatever, I can be like, I think that's a terrible movie, and I think you have terrible taste. Yeah. You know? And <laughs> yeah. they can be like, whatever. <laughs> Screw you. I love that, and you're an idiot or whatever. And, like, it yeah. can just be friendly and fine. But if it's not somebody that I feel comfortable, you know, yeah. in that way with, then, yeah. yeah, I mean, smile and nod. Be like, oh, yeah. It's, you know? it, it, it has turned into just a smile and nod situation uh, mm. because – there's so being being in the position that I'm in at work at this point, being like the movies guy, mm-hmm. people will talk to me about movies to like connect with me. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And sometimes there's the occasional butt kissing. Um and uh some so I'm like, yeah, I wanna be I wanna be nice. But if you come to me and tell me how much you enjoyed the live action Pinocchio movie, <laughs> there's not a lot I can do with that. You know what I mean? There's not. I so are I, we talking about the Jonathan Taylor Thomas? Uh, no, we're talking oh, about the, the new, new one. The new oh, one, which I so is it out? It's uh, out. It is out. No, yeah. So I was like, I was like, you know what? Tom Hanks is great. <laughs> you know who loves Tom Hanks? This guy, right here. <laughs> he's got two thumbs, and he's right that's, here. <laughs> uh, so that's the best. That's the best that I could that I could offer. But uh, but yeah, I just it happened literally right before coming here. So I, it just was on my mind. And then we left, and I thought lesser of that person. It, it will happen, <laughs> and that, I think that's the real challenge, right? Is like yeah. how can I maintain maintain the level of respect that this person deserves. <laughs> Um, while also knowing uh, that their taste in movies is garbage. Well, it, well it, here's the thing, It puts CJ. the word deserves into question. I still you know respect I mean? you, even though oh, there's gotta you be convinced me to go ahead and watch the American version of Ghosts. We made Whoa! It, we made it about seven minutes in. Whoa! And we're like, I can't do this. You can, though, I, Jordan. We, no, man. You can. It was bad. You need to. You was, need to I said it give it bad. two episodes. You did say that. You said seven like, minutes. You didn't you can't tell me I'd have to sit through just like really painful, like bad <laughs> no. parody of. I mean, honestly, the thing feels. So it it's like it's like when so, it, I mean it really feels I'm like so disappointed. It feels like if if like a you know like a like an eight year old sees this amazing painting and then is like I can do that and then just does it and you, it's like I yeah they use episodes. the same colors. You gave it seven minutes. I said two episodes. It I was such a bad episodes. seven minutes. <laughs> it might have been ten minutes, man. So I, I don't know. It's so disappointing. It is. It is. It is. I mean, so I might, much better. I than might that. try it again, but like, it is. It is hard to watch. And it, you know, it might. Have How been, about you jump to a random episode? That, you know, that's what we're gonna do. That's probably a good. We're idea. gonna we're gonna jump to like episode four or something. Sure. And just see, yeah, how we feel. Just feel it, because yeah, this, it's, it's. And it is hard too when it's like just like literally a shot for shot remake. But just, yeah, because you're but, just comparing it to the wor- thing that you found so much joy. Like definitely worse. Like it is definitely worse. worse. D- the shot for shot first Amazingly episode. Amazingly definitely, worse. definitely and worse. I told you, I told you, you will compare it, and it will be worse. But you need to give it two <laughs> episodes. Did. You did. It just I couldn't. I couldn't handle giving it two episodes of that. <laughs> anyway. Um, I'm going to let you bring us in, CJ. Okay, all right. Welcome to Nerd Critic, everybody, where we have conversations about movies from the dual perspective of critical nerdiness. I am here with Jordan, our studied and credentialed critic. And I, Jordan, am here with the man you just were listening to, CJ, our resident nerd. You know, it feels like it feels like the good old days, because we were here doing this last week. It does. And here we're we back are in it, guys. We're back in it. We're back in it. Well, don't oversell it because it's not. No, even, we're going to do this not, every that's... week from now on. <laughs> Two episodes a week again. Yes. Well, we're going to see the menu this Friday. Are you? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. Are. We I, are. Me and you. Me and you. I was like, are you with your <laughs> wife? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we are going to go see the menu. Should we do an episode on Maybe. the menu? Maybe. We'll see. 
We'll see how it is. Yeah. We'll see how it is. If we if we if we really like it, we'll do an episode on it. Okay. I, I feel like that's a relatively good like we, we could do an episode on movies that we feel like need an episode like this one. Yeah. And we can do episodes on ones that were like, I love that. Yeah. I want to talk about it. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a good bar. Um also I'm not promising anything because I'm gonna I'm gonna have to work during the Oscars. But maybe we do a little a little nerd critic Oscar thing again because maybe. I always have a lot of fun with those. Yeah, even it could if be fun. we don't get very many I have, submissions, I, I like seeing people's opinions. Fallen out of love with the entire sort of mm. Oscars experience, just mm. because like you don't I don't love know, the, the. I mean, the last couple of years, I feel like they've just kind of gone off the deep end in terms of like how to actually put on a show. They're like, uh, that's true. Um, you're gonna I, show up, right? Because it's am, the Oscars. <laughs> I I'm still holding out hope. For me, it really comes down to what movies are nominated. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, as far as like if I'm going to enjoy the show or not, yeah. because if I'm like, oh yes, these are a bunch of like yeah, because if you enjoy at least some reasonably large percentage of the movies that are yeah. nominated, then like it's sort of just an excuse to sort of remember and geek out about those movies. True. Which is, yeah, totally. Which is well, yeah, which yeah. could be fun. Uh, yeah. Also, um, if I'm going to have to watch it anyway, then might as well force people to do it with me. Absolutely. Well, but we should, before we dive into this week's movie, um, and because way more people are probably going to listen to this episode than listen to the last one. That's true. At least you hope so. Uh, and because we get to advertise whatever we want, (laughs) I think you should make another pitch. Uh, all right. Let me, let me pitch this to you. Imagine your favorite Host of a podcast ever who doesn't do a lot of writing (laughs) writes a book. Why wouldn't you purchase it? There is literally no reason. (laughs) So, everybody, I wrote a book. It's called Growing Up Versus Growing Old, A Battle Only a Superhero Can Win. Um, And it's on Amazon uh, and Kindle if you are – 60. Do you do uh, you do Kindle, don't you? Kindle. Never mind. I take it back. 60. I'm just not I just don't read. So I don't know what I don't know That's who the That's a weird are. thing to say. <laughs> I if feel you're one like... of those boomers who doesn't read physical books. Wait. <laughs> when I when I think of Kindle, I associate it with like old women. Is that? Sure. That well, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of I old mean, old, when you say old, you mean like well, like, apparently 60, because that's what came out. Yeah, like your parents' age. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking of my stepmom. Yeah. That, yeah. It could be. I mean, that I have be an a... aunt that's always on her Kindle. Sure. Okay. Well, I if have you a use Kindle, Kindle that I sometimes too. use and sometimes don't. If you are a young, attractive male, also it's on Kindle. <laughs> so, um, and uh, yeah, it's a book that I'm really proud of. It is, uh, it's really about <clears throat> the kind of the meat of it is to recontextualize what maturity is. And how I think it's dumb that cynical people that are cynical for the sake that they're just jaded in life um, aren't uh, that they look at people that with big dreams and big hopes and dismiss them as immature and naive. And that there's actually like a, a better way to have a perspective on the world. Uh, and I do – I kind of illustrate that through my love of comic books and how I've held on to that in my adult life. And um, yeah, that's kind of my pitch. Is that, is, that, is that a good summary of the book? It is a good summary. And let me tell you, folks, uh, I have a great imagination, and I cannot imagine a reason why you wouldn't buy this book. <laughs> what a, that's I, so well, great. That's I will, so lovely. I will, in all seriousness, uh, because obviously that's, you know, uh, hyperbolic. I, re- I read the book, and I liked it a lot. Yay. And I do absolutely recommend that people go and read this book. Uh, and I'm just just – Lots of kinds of proud of my dear co-host <laughs> well, thank for you. writing a whole entire book. It means a lot. I did go home after our last episode and tell my wife all of the amazing things that you said about my book. <laughs> oh, and, by the way, I, I would recommend her, that even if you're not interested in the movies Predator and Prey, go listen to the last episode just for our conversation just, yeah. about the book. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. Because I, I went home and told my wife and I was like, and I told her, I didn't realize how much Jordan's approval means to me. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Anyway, so you have a pitch too. Yeah, so I uh, I, I went back to Substack and I was like, I'm going to try this again. <laughs> um, so I have a new I have a new we'll call it a newsletter, but really it's a collection of fictions and philosophies called Dispatches from Inner Space on Substack. Um, the URL, which we will link to in the show notes, is thedispatches.substack.com. Um, so basically. I also uh, wrote a draft of a book. It is nowhere near complete, but it is a draft. And uh, sort of the reason or the the thing that I let myself do to celebrate 
completing that draft of that book about six months ago was to start this Substack and to try to give myself a platform where I could actually put writing my my writing out on and see if some people might like it. So there it it is. I will say if you uh, if you want to like see into the mind that is Jordan Peterson. That's a great way to do it. Like, uh, like the, the every the the stories, the writing, like uh, the ideas, the opinions—they're all so Jordan Peterson. Um, but not the other Jordan Peterson. Not that Jordan. This Peterson. Jordan Peterson. You, J.E. Peterson. All, yeah, on the Substack, my name. I go by J.E. Peterson just to just to help people out. Yeah, just to <laughs> avoid any confusion. Yeah, uh, and it's amazing how often I hear people come up to you and talk about Jordan Peterson. As if like you're best friends with him, or as if it just as if it just should intrinsically matter uh, to me. I, it happened a couple yeah. days ago. I heard it and I walked away from the conversation. <laughs> like, all right, uh, that's great. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I I uh, I have had actually a lot of joy in and again I'm not a reader. In fact, you asked me right before this if I've read any of the book and I said yes. And you asked me what did you read and I can't remember <laughs> because reading is not like a highlight in my life. For context, um, we were talking about a book that I lent C. Yes. It's not even like a regular book. It's yeah, like it's, a collection of like, very fun, like frivolous essays. Yeah, it's with barely pictures, a book. With pictures. <laughs> and uh, like with funny, it's, it's a book of webcomics, basically. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I, uh, and I lent CJ this book at his request. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't even this me saying. This is all true. <laughs> And then, and then, in, in the course of many times. weeks, I just every once in a while, hey, have you have you have you read any of that book? I'm just, I, I mean, genuinely curious. I think you like it. And uh, and then I made the recommendation that he put it on his to do list, which he did. And then it came up on his to do list, and then he did it. But I was so preoccupied that I don't even remember. I had no reading comprehension in that moment. So I did it, but not really. No joy was had. No. So uh, anyway, Will, it's fine. What I was all of that to say, when I when I read your Substack, it is not only comprehended, but massively enjoyed to the point that I like I will use it as an outlet for me when like I want that escapism. Um, but yeah, so, but not, I'm like, it's always like kind of challenging. You always present things to me that, uh, that get me thinking. So if I'm like exhausted, I usually don't go to that. But (laughs) when I, when I, when I need an escape from the world and I want to think about something interesting and I want to like kind of zone into my own mind, I, I, some of the stories that like, yeah, I, I have thought about your, uh, your a, it's not AI. It's like, um. Uh, the augmented reality story that you put in there. I have thought about that so often. <laughs> it's incredible. What a pleasure to hear. Um, so there we go. That's really myself. No I, no, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good pitch. If you want to escape the mundanity of your own life... <laughs> There you go. Into something interesting, <laughs> yeah. but you're not too tired. <laughs> <laughs> well, because try dispatches. Because from I have, space. I have when I am tired, and I'm just like, man, I am exhausted, and this is just challenging me. Because you're, you, you do, you challenge the reader. Well, you uh, make you make them consider things that they don't consider, which well, is amazing. Thank you, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, I appreciate that. Okay, well, maybe we should talk about the movie we came here to talk about. I guess. Uh, 13 minutes in. 13 minutes in. Uh, I don't know. It's certainly not a record. I think our record is probably something like 30. But oh, for sure. <laughs> like we're like an hour in. We're like, hey, maybe we should talk about this movie we don't actually want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is a little bit of that going on here. Um, let's talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Let's do it. Um, so <clears throat> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kick us off just by – I want to preface that uh, it's tough. This movie has a tough – this movie has a tough – it's a tall order, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, Black Panther, I maintain, is one of the strongest entries in the Marvel franchise. We rated at one point the, all the Marvel movies, it, and it was uh, tied for number one. It was tied for the first spot. Yeah, out of twenty-one or two movies, it yeah. was tied yeah. for first spot. Yeah. Now, since then, it hasn't had a lot of stiff competition. No. <laughs> That, that list remains mostly the same. Yeah, mostly the same. You can maybe tack most of the ones that come off on the on end. On the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not been great, um, frankly. But um, I was, you know, Wakanda Forever was one of the first Marvel movies I've been genuinely excited for for a while. Like where I was just like, 
I was I was confident. Like yeah. this is going to be a good movie. Yeah. And I good am, director. Yeah. Brian Coogler is back. Mm -hmm. This man's got chops. Mm -hmm. He is very good. He has proven himself multiple times. There's like a reason for it, yeah. which is not the yeah, case for exactly. a lot of Marvel this, stuff. This is yeah. like a, a strong, like deep justification. Mm -hmm. Like the story seems sort of baked in. Anyway, um, I was pretty bored. And <laughs> I don't, um, and, and there were things that I loved about this movie, and we'll talk about them. Um, and, and there were things that I didn't super love, but mostly... Uh, and we'll get into this more in more detail, but mostly it was not. It was there was a there was an issue with just execution and pacing, and which really for me made there you know we, there are some other deeper kind of like Marvel comic book esque issues that we that we'll also talk about. But I just want to get out in the open and air out the the fact that I, like disappointingly mm. I was disappointed. Sure, I, I didn't. I didn't have like a really, really great time. I had like an okay time and yeah. left feeling kind of like just underwhelmed, which is a bummer. So this is a, this is a weird one because uh, emotionally it did more than I anticipated it doing. I can like, agree with that. Like addr addressing the hard parts of what this movie needed to address. Yeah. It did incredibly well. Then being a Marvel movie – it it like didn't, um, and and that that's the part. Yeah. As far as like pacing and action and, and all of those things, um, yeah, it felt it felt. There were some it, really it was... exquisite scenes of dialogue. Um, yeah, and there were too many scenes of dialogue. Yeah, and and that's I think that's where I kind of land with it, which is like this is a movie that wanted to be like a like a character driven drama. Right, that they had to force into a superhero movie, and it didn't. It didn't. It didn't totally work. There are some great, amazing things about this movie. Uh, like you can see Ryan Coogler in it, and that there is somebody who is good at making movies, making this movie. Um, but but I do I do it. It's kind of the larger problem of Marvel. Kind of not all of the problems with Marvel, but I think. The problems of Marvel are the hands, the handprints, the footprints of those issues are in this movie. Yeah. You know what's interesting? Um, I think I would have been a lot happier with this movie if it had been and this is and this is a Marvel problem, right? If it instead of instead of having been uh about this uh mysterious underwater race of people, spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> um which, like, the reveal at the beginning was pretty cool. Like, you know, but but then suddenly you're saddled with, like, a, way more world building again. Mm -hmm. uh, big, giant characters that you have to introduce and make relevant in some way. And et cetera. And, I, and, and also, surprise, the new Iron Man or woman or whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and, like, all of this stuff on its own maybe makes for a good movie. But frankly, what I'm here for is Wakanda. <laughs> I'm here for Wakanda and mm -hmm. I'm here for Shuri and I'm here for her family and I'm here for like just that. And also what was the most dramatic ending of the, or what was the most dramatic thing that happened at the end of Black Panther? It was that Wakanda is suddenly now like part of the sort of international stage. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there was like, my favorite, probably one of my favorite parts of the movie was at the very beginning when she walks in, right, and, like, responds to these countries who are, like, blaming Wakanda for not trading totally. in their vibranium. And there's, like, this, and it's, and it's intercut with this, and it's, that was pretty masterful. And and it was, I think, sort of the high point of the marvelness of the movie, mm. right? We've got these nations who are trying to kind of, like, whatever, cheat their way into or steal some stuff or whatever. And Wakanda's responding and it makes them look super strong and super badass. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm like, this is great. Yeah. But then that was over. <laughs> like, and the rest of it was a, a completely different conflict. And I'm like, I, I like what I would have loved is uh, more of a story about how Wakanda is handling themselves on the international stage. Sure. And what we didn't get is that. Like, we got that sort of abstractly. Oh, well, you know, based on how this conflict goes, it'll matter. But it, it, just, it, it felt like it wasn't relevant anymore, which sucked because, like, that's what I was most interested in. Yeah, I, I do kind of want to talk about what uh, what we were hoping for yeah. for this movie because because I, I – as I think about the experience that I had in this movie – uh, I am also thinking about what I was bringing in in the expectation of this sure, movie. Of because uh, so so the biggest expectation was the acknowledgement and 
the the uh, emotional kind of foundation for the loss of Chadwick Boseman uh, slash King T'Challa. Uh, and I say sla- I say it that way because that's what it is. Like yeah. you have to honor the man and the character, uh, and it and it did that. Um, Absolutely. I wanted uh, I wanted a an epic like next Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, yeah it did it fine. It took a long time it to took get there. Way too long to way get there. Way too long. And but like was, the reveal was, was not cool. nearly as satisfying as it could have been, and which totally. for some reasons we'll get to in a minute. Totally. Um, and then uh, I I did want more Shuri and more uh, what's the queen's name? Ramonda. Mm-hmm. Um, which we did, and and yep. freaking Ramonda, Angela Bassett. Uh, wow. Um, <laughs> yes. the, the presence there, amazing. Yeah. Um, and then and then the, the, the fifth one to your point is. The end of Black Panther uh, is uh, is I keep saying Chadwick Boseman is King T'Challa uh, in I think it's Detroit looking at the the apartment where his dad killed his uncle um, and uh, talking about like kind of gentrifying really the space and and making in and bringing in the lifting, resources lifting up black communities totally. all around the world right because. Killmonger was kind of right, and yeah. that's what made the movie so good. Yeah. And King T'Challa kind of agreed with him. Yeah. Well, it was it was a you know it was like the you know King T'Challa says Killmonger was really upset at all the injustices, and he's saying like yeah, but instead of making war on the whole world, we're gonna bring we're gonna try to do our best to like you know, lift up the communities we can and like do some good in the world and like use Wakanda's immense resources and power to like help. And, and so that's, frankly, that's what I wanted to see. Yes. Like I wanted to see a conflict against that. Totally. Let's see that happen. And, and the reason that like it came around and it worked so well is because like, if you remember in Captain America Civil War, which was the first time that we saw Black Panther as a character, uh, his dad was killed by, you know, by Zemo posing as Winter Soldier. So Black Panther is, uh, you know, chasing the Winter Soldier the entire time. Then at the very end, he finds out that it's this dude named Zemo. He he then, like, has a whole conversation with Zemo. And in that conversation, he says, uh, uh, vengeance is consuming them, referring to Captain America and Iron Man fighting. Mm-hmm. I'm done letting it consume me. Mm-hmm. And then he st- stops Zemo from k- killing himself. Mm-hmm. And then in Black Panther, it comes around where Killmonger, what has consumed him is vengeance. Mm-hmm. But it's vengeance on like a global scale because of uh, because of all of, you know, the history of, of black people in the world. Uh, and he wants essentially vengeance. He wants to bring the hammer down. Uh, and so King T'Challa, having learned that lesson, says, that's not the way to do it. We're going to lift people up. Like, what an incredible, like, full arc and story and bringing the villain in at the right time. And one of the reasons that that movie was so incredible. Addressed? Not even a little. Yeah. Not, like, none. It's, like, totally gone. Yeah. As if the idea is is as gone as T'Challa himself. It's there's no there's no reference to it. There's no like maybe the very beginning when they're like, hey, we're but even still when they're like trying to still steal from Wakanda, um, Ramonda gives like a threat back that like if you keep trying, we're gonna throw down on you. Yeah. Like there was no like lifting up. There was no it wasn't addressed at all yeah. at all in any way, it shape, or form. It was sort of just abandoned. Like it wasn't And like, that was the strongest yeah. part of the of Wakanda <laughs> as a as a fictional nation. Yeah. And you could talk about Shuri dealing with grief and like rage and all these things. And that's I I, I thought that stuff hit pretty well. Um I wanted, you know, I I I really liked I really liked Shuri's arc. I really really liked it and I wanted to see her I would just have loved it to be in the context of of like a a better stronger story around her, right? Totally. Like and so there ends up being this like it feels sort of made up. I mean, you know, to, to his credit, Ryan Coogler did the best he could to say, okay, we've got this, you know, big uh what's the guy's name namor this big bad this new big bad who you've never met who is super important and whatever whatever and somehow we have to establish this meet this deep meaningful relationship between him and shuri because 
they're you know because this is the primary sort of foil foil and antagonist he is her killmonger or whatever Mm -hmm. but like it feels very fabricated so that by the end it just doesn't have the it doesn't have the the thematic teeth that you hope it will when she like has her sort of like and i think again i think that stuff was executed as well as it could have been but the whole time you know i'm just like I, I've never really bought into this. All these fish people, totally, <laughs> just so, having a hard time with it. So, so Shuri's arc, I I think, is the strongest part Absolutely. of this movie because yes. and and there is a callback at the end of this movie. Spoilers. Uh, she says to Namor, "Vengeance has consumed us, mm-hmm. and we can't let it consume our people." Yes, right. She essentially learns the same lesson that T'Challa learns in the first movie. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so it, it works really well. And that's what I mean by Ryan Coogler's hand is in it. Yeah. That that's where it is. Yes. Like the same strengths that the first one had in that. And fr- frankly, the strengths that Creed has as far as like a, a character's arc and things that they learn personally yeah. with them. Um, they're there, but, uh, but you're right. Namor, um, and this new fictional city, um, it is a, is a problem, and it is the big Marvel problem. Yeah. Uh, do we go into that, or should we talk about things that we loved <laughs> a little bit more? Well, I mean, let's. I mean, we could. Yeah, let's let's mention. I feel what, like we didn't fully nerd let's out. Let's end on some things that we loved, but let's finish. Okay, let's, okay. Let's finish, let's finish eating this our thought. meat. Okay. Let's finish like getting <laughs> okay. this. You know, right. getting through this 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 tough grizzly steak. Um, I I want to just say <clears throat> that. Uh, yeah, I mean this. I'm. I don't know. I don't actually know if there's much more to say other than to call it out. Like it's a problem that like you're in a Marvel movie and you, we have to see like yet another race of people. Part, part of my, uh, you know, what I try to do when I go into a Marvel movie, and part of what I hope for in a good Marvel movie is to be able to forget about all of the nonsense that they've piled on into mm-hmm. this universe for like 25 movies. You know, the fact that there's an infinite number of silly gods just hanging out in like a big golden, I don't know, planet castle with Zeus and freaking Thor love and thunder. The fact that like Dr. Strange introduced us to a multiverse of madness, so to speak, and nothing ever, nothing matters. Like all this, all this dumb bull crap (laughs) that like has just been just churned out over movie after movie after movie. What it does is it weakens the entire system, and I get to the point where I just think uh, it's hard. So I have to just so so when I walk into a movie like Wakanda Forever, I'm hoping that I don't have to deal with that crap, you know. So to get like one more thing added, you know, instead of just like you know, one of the reasons I loved Civil War so much is because they just they sort of like pulled back something that already existed in the universe, ma- made it feel relevant to our actual world, mm-hmm. and then just. Civil War and also, sorry, I was actually thinking of Captain America Winter Soldier. Anyway, you know, the conflict there was familiar and grounded, which is why it's such a good movie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and you can say that also, I think, for Black Panther. There was a, there was a grounded conflict there. Like, it totally. really felt like it mattered. It was very, it felt substantial and familiar in like a very, in, in, in that which allowed it to be universal and affecting. And I loved, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it more later when I, I like going back to see Black Panther a second and third time, like, and liking it more and more and thinking this is a really solid movie. And um, anyway, so, so to get into Wakanda forever and have just more Marvel hijinks, you know, mm-hmm. where I have to just swallow another silly, like God, character it just felt it felt very very disappointing like yeah which but also inevitable it's like well of yeah, course it like this has is to happen it's not like i'm surprised yeah. there was no there was nothing it was just disappointing yeah one of the reasons uh and we may be beyond this point in marvel but one of the reasons that i i think civil war works is because if at this point you try and have a you know world ending stake like th- those are the stakes um it's not going to work because if the threat is like too big in the it could kill a lot of people, uh, there's too many resources in this world. Like there's too many things that can happen. There's the multiverse. There's like, it, you know, uh, if if um, uh, if 
I don't know, if Iron Man dies, then there's, you know, infinite amount of other Iron Men that could come into this world at any point, right? So the those aren't like... We've this, created a portal into the multiverse to yes. invite this supercharged Iron Man to come save us from this. It's, yeah. It, yes. Like, it so, does, like, you so literally write it totally. It, yeah, yeah, anything. Um, so those aren't the stakes that are going to work anymore. Now, I still do think that there are stakes that can work in this world, and that is... Much smaller, much personal, yeah. much more which personal. Which is why Shuri's story is good. Because which like, is it why. doesn't matter how many universes totally. there are. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter how many to gods her, there are. Yeah. This is what matters. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't do that here. And and I think they gotta be they gotta try a lot harder and be a lot more careful with the with the stakes being personal to the character so that we understand that this is the only person that it matters to yep. but because we are vicariously that person it matters to us as yeah, well absolutely and and i think so so namor in in the comics namor is as big in marvel as as like aquaman is in in dc neither um, of which for the record, had I heard of before the movies came out. <laughs> you hadn't heard of Aquaman? I didn't know who Aquaman was. Oh, wow. Well. Um, yeah, so so Namor, um, like, there's there's the there's the, the syndicate that you see in Multiverse of Madness where it's like they're all up on the, and it's like Professor yeah. X and all that. Originally a part of that. He is originally part of uh, the first Avengers group. He's like, he's like integrated almost as much as like Wolverine and the X-Men, which Another world that we have yet to enter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, for them to bring in this massively important character with thousands, who knows, maybe even hundreds of thousands of his own comics with lore that goes back for generations in a movie that is about a a personal movie of Shuri and her own journey yeah. makes no sense to me. And this is what I mean by the problem with Marvel is the, the, the handprints of Marvel's problems are in this movie is because it felt like they had to. It, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. guess that Ryan Coogler was or whoever wrote this movie is it, given the we it's time. We yeah. need to bring Namor into this. He's going to be your big bad. Make it work. Whoever what you're saying is whoever whoever was responsible for the decision that this movie needed to introduce us to Namor and his fish people uh, were it was a bad decision I think I think when it comes to Wakanda Forever, specifically this movie and what it needed to be, yeah, terrible decision. Horrible decision. Terrible. And you know what? Even I actually when, so when we left the theater, one of the first things that came to mind was that it felt unfair and cheap to introduce a new Iron Man right now. Um, for sure Iron, I should say Iron, Iron Man's replacement um, <clears throat> because she got like barely any screen time mm-hmm. we had no I mean, you, you know we had it, it all felt very tacked on it's like oh we've got to introduce a new Iron Man and but she was a uh, MacGuffin who got to essentially just like didn't really ever get to graduate from being a MacGuffin into a real character yeah which was super disappointing and it occurs to me now as we're talking that if you had if you had taken away the need to like introduce an entire other world, which there was a whole sequence of being introduced to this whole world. I yeah. mean, they were serious about it. Yeah. Like we had backstory, we had flashbacks, we had a tour through the, I mean, it was, it was everything. Mm-hmm. It was the whole plate. Um, and if we had stripped all that out of the movie and let it be and, and found stakes that were grounded in something that was way more familiar and, you know, something that we'd already been introduced to, some government agency or maybe a co- coalition of government agencies or maybe or maybe a coalition of, like, terrorist organizations who were, sure. trying, you know, they're, I mean, Whatever. really, just take your pick. Yeah. Do something. <laughs> Heaven's sakes. My gosh. Anyway, um, if they had done that, would have been a perfect opportunity to introduce another Iron Man. Totally. Be, or uh, Iron Man's replacement. I keep saying Iron Man. It's, this is going to be tough for me. Anyway. Um, Do you want the, it's Iron Heart is the name of the character. Iron Heart, yes. yes. Would have been perfect. Thank you. That yeah. actually helps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, have been, would have been perfect to introduce Iron Heart because it would have been this great, once again, like the relationship between Wakanda and America matters. It's like, it's thematically significant. It's, it's you know, the history is there. It's so, and, and Iron Heart, Iron Man, then Iron Heart, like are nothing if not huge symbols for america totally. you know in in some in some ways they're like the you know a, a sort of different perspective like it's it's sort of like 
a different kind of Captain America almost. Like Iron Man is a version of Cap- he's like the mm-hmm. private version of like yeah. he's like, he's pri- like the, the, the capitalist version. Yeah, the private sector <laughs> yeah. Captain America versus the public sector <laughs> yeah. Captain America. Totally. Um and so I so it would have been lovely to see like some nuanced complicated storytelling around that kind of conflict that really foregrounded Ironheart as a character. Totally. You don't need anyway. So the fact it's not, it's not only that, but if you like th- something that they tried to do that just did not hit home and it was so brushed by is is the fact that Ironheart and Shuri have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So, so they they really which, could, which makes it awkward. It's like what, like, how do you sure. differentiate these characters, or how do you like call it out and make it so that this and and then where's and then here, hey, guess what? And Kugler's smart. He could have easily seen some opportunities there for like here's two characters who are similar to each other. Guess what? Great opportunities for tension. Because yeah. sometimes when you put two people who are too similar together, things don't work out the sure. way you hope they will. Or uh, vis-a-vis the first Black Panther. <laughs> exactly. I mean, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. The the Namor decision. Uh, I understand. Name. You know, they are. They are. When you think about the future of Marvel, like they're they're putting. The, they got to put together another Avengers. Uh, they're already putting together the essentially the the big bad instead of Thanos is going to essentially be like the anti-Avengers. It's a, it's a group that they're, that they're putting together. So, uh, you need somewhat of a, of a, like a huge name since Cap is gone and Iron Man is gone. You need like a huge name to put into. So Namor needed to come. Uh, I think that they'll do that with Fantastic Four and then Wolverine. They have these huge names. Uh, so they're gearing up in that direction. Uh, and I think there's, I could I would even say that there's an appropriate time and way to bring in <laughs> this whole unknown uh, yet again unknown civilization to the world which I realize that's what Wakanda is and maybe there was some you know they thought maybe that's a good idea to put them together because they shared those qualities um, it honestly felt a little bit uh it felt a little bit what's the word I'm looking for uh, it kind of cheapened both of them I feel like like, I, I think so too. To the, to the degree that, like, when you're seeing, it's like, it's like here's here are these here are these people who are not Americans fighting each other. <laughs> it just it's like it it didn't feel it didn't feel like like I, I Black Panther did such a good job of introducing Wakanda as this like really cool like totally unknown like thing that but then by the end of the movie felt so. Uh, it felt so earned. Like mm-hmm. this is a country that I believe exists, and I like, and I've, I've, I'm totally sold on its story and its history, and it's like, and it's uh, sort of rightful place in the world, right, yeah. or in the world that's been built for these movies. Like I, I was completely on board, but then like it almost feels like uh, Wakanda's relegated in this movie to like being a like a non-participating country again. Yeah. Um, because they're because they have to fight the Namor fish people, which. Uh, you know, like we get to see in the very beginning, like, oh yeah, they they take out like one ship in the sea, and like nobody knows what happened. But like other than that, like we don't have any real evidence that they could even take on like the American military or whatever. Mm-hmm. We do have evidence that Wakanda can totally. Like, so like it just feels like, and but it it just doesn't it just doesn't feel substantial because mm-hmm. it's like it just feels like the whole thing has just been sort of shoehorned into something that again doesn't feel like it it belongs or that it has. Uh, you know, meaningful connections to what were, you know, our familiar, relevant world. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so I, I, I want to actually bring it to you because we had a conversation about um, the larger problem with Marvel. And you specifically brought up a point that I want you to talk about, which is <laughs> – uh, which is the ever-expanding universe of all. And I know I know, we've talked a little bit about it in the multiverse, and we've talked a little, a little bit about it here, but I want you to specifically talk about why that is a problem for story, right? Like why, why that's a, you know, why isn't it possible, essentially? Is it possible to make an ever-expanding universe and, and still make the movies... Well, Stakes make sense. You 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 have to do what we've been talking about, which is to you have to narrow the focus so much to compensate for the fact that it exists in this you know ginormous thing or whatever. And but, the only way you don't is if you bring all of them together, and it's this it's an it's Avengers Endgame, right? Kind and of thing. even but even then, Avengers Endgame only works because it's fan service for the twenty movies that came before it. <laughs> That's true. It doesn't work as a story. If you took that game, if you took that movie uh, independently. And said, "Oh, like here, here, check out this movie. It's or even even both of them, you know, Avengers, sure. 
Infinity War and then Endgame. And you put them together and you said, you know, go, I think you'll like these movies. And you hadn't seen any of the previous movies. It would be like, this, what is this nonsense? Yeah. It's complete and absolute nonsense. It makes like zero sense. Yeah. It relies so much and on it relies the 20 in, movies before. Yeah. And, and so, you know, and as a story itself, like, even if you have, it's just, you know, whatever. But my point is, uh, you can't do that forever and you can't do that over and over again. And my, my, so I get my, my problem with, I'm trying to think if there's anything I haven't already said, but. The problem with any story set in, uh, you know, that, that that takes too many elements or whatever is that it's just it's anything can happen. And there's no sort of like I, I can't emphasize enough how bad it was to see Love and Thunder, because not only, you know, in, in, in the multiverse of madness, at least you could say, hey, listen, let's just stick to your own universe. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, yeah. Sure. There's infinite universes. But like if we if we try to say we're not there's if we try to make the barrier between the universes less permeable. You know, if you try to make it so that it, like that these universes don't influence each other, mm-hmm. which I think is extremely important, right? Because then, anyway, I, mean, I think multiverse in general is a bad idea unless you're like one movie, which we talked about. Um, but uh, so, so already that's a problem. But then, but then beyond that, Love and Thunder says, well, not only are there, um, you know, is there an infinite number of universes, but also in this universe, there's like an infinite number of gods. Over like an infinite number of like species, yeah. Which you, which like, but it all just—it's all just a wash. It's just—it's just noise. Mm-hmm. It's just noise. And there's this very popular—I don't know what it is—if it's a tech phrase or a invest like investment phrase, but it's like you like looking for the signal through the noise. If you can't detect the signal through the noise, then like you you can't make good decisions. You don't you know whatever the point like the the one of the hardest parts in life, especially now, especially in the modern era where there's just an infinite amount of noise is finding the signal. And what Marvel is doing is, is making it harder and harder and harder to find the signal to the point that it starts to seem like the signal is just, please come back and watch the next movie. Totally. Which I would like you to speak to because you made some really good points about uh, I did. how this movie ended. I, I did, but but uh, but let me let me kind of give context to why I asked you that question Please, because uh, I, don't, I I may not have I've got have, no you have actually given you the fish that you were looking nope, for. nope you you did <laughs> so this is a problem for all comics like actual comics period yeah so the the biggest issue within the comics industry right now is getting new comic readers. And the reason is because they have no idea where to start. Yeah. You hop into any series at any point with any character, uh, and generally there's backstory to be had. Now, the way that they've done that is that they have now created a system where, um, well, there's there's kind of two ways. One is they've created a system where when you come in, you are enjoying this individual story, and uh, and then a character comes in from a different like storyline and on the bottom right of the page it usually says you know see superman's story in this comic so then you go to that one and then you can read that one but uh the marvel cinematic universe is doing something different where it it, where uh so the comics uh are are uh, assume that you have not read all of the other comics right yeah right the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now is assuming Starting that you've assume seen, you've seen everything, all, everything yeah. else. So I do think that it will get to the point that Marvel becomes so convoluted and so big that it will be only super fans left and that they're going to have to make movies with the assumption that you haven't seen the other movies if they want new people to come in. Um, and, and that's going to, that's just going to make it really hard. I don't know what the future of it is there, but the, the, but the movies, cause this was, this was the problem at the beginning of comics is they made all of these characters. It's, it's following the exact same well, what's, problem. What's, what's funny is that it's not actually that hard to tell a story that appeals to somebody who is not familiar with the entire universe. In yeah, fact, be, I would just, say almost inevitably those are the better movies. Because For sure. like they're because they're not they're not like oh well everything matters like no like the story what is the story yeah it like a story is built by what you don't say mm. by all the things you don't include like that's anyway so yeah like if you want uh if you want a good movie then it it shouldn't rely on a giant like you know catalog of backstory totally absolutely shouldn't. Do you need to read the Silmarillion to enjoy The Hobbit? <laughs> sure. No. No. Absolutely yeah. not. And I would go 
further and say, do you need to uh, have, do you need to have like read the entire and watched the entire Star Wars canon to enjoy like some of the stuff they put out? No, because yeah. it's like, it's got, it's contained. It's like, this is the story. Focus on the story. Yeah. And stories have characters and characters have lives and you, and you follow them along. And guess what? The people who, and you're, you're worried about like, you know, uh, you're, you're worried about pleasing your, your super fans, your big fan. And they have a big fan base, right? It's a yeah. big fan base. Yeah. A lot of people have seen most of the movies, right? You're worried about pleasing them. Guess what? All you have to do is set it in the world that you've built and you've mm-hmm. spent so many movies or comic books or whatever building and, and populate it with all of the material of, or the necessary material of those things. Don't make it about the entire universe. Make it about these specific characters in the specific context and all the people who are super fans will be delighted by all the things they see mm-hmm. that go over the heads of the people who are there for but but if it's a good story it won't matter to the people who don't know and don't call out all the easter eggs or whatever. I mean this has been like at least 20% of our conversations about Marvel, Marvel movies are you calling out all the cool things that I totally missed. Yeah. Like right it doesn't it, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. But it's like but it, you're still but you still earn a lot. It's like great. You you set in this huge universe. But I mean I will still like even and and, and the, the most important thing about that is that because now your universe is so sprawling and absurd, and it is, it's just absurd. There's yeah. there's nothing relatable about it anymore. It is mm-hmm. it is comic books writ large and comic books on their face. They were never meant to be like grounded or relatable or universe. I mean, yeah, they're yeah. just absolute just explosions of just like I mean, it is it is excess of creativity, mm-hmm. right? It is excess of it well create I should say creative indulgence. Yeah, yeah. it's like just well, we any and every idea. Anything you want to do, mm-hmm. do it. Just throw it all on the page. See what sticks, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what we've got in Marvel Marvel movies now. There's so many of them, and there's so, there's so much universe that you must ignore almost all of it if you want to tell a good story. Yeah. So so then I will tack on the the second way of handling this uh, issue within comics, which is a universal a universe reset. So you'll have these really big events where something incredible happens, and it resets or it recombines all of the multiverses into one, and then they reboot every single character within this one universe and they restart. There's been like seven of those events, at least in DC history. I could absolutely see the Marvel Cinematic Universe going that direction. Here's the thing. You don't even need to make a movie about it though. Just just do it. You just you can just do it. And you could even do it in like uh in like a secret like short animated series on like some obscure sure. streaming platform. But then and you then leave... the super fans are gonna go watch it but and then... slay like slobber over it and be yeah. so excited. But... And then yeah, leave the regular people to go just watch a good movie <laughs> for but heaven's then, sake. But then you leave a solid billion dollars uh on, on the <laughs> oh cutting room God. floor. <laughs> so uh so to to your point talking about uh how I so I feel potentially manipulated at this point where um, every it's it's almost you brought up how it's almost like cable television where you're you're watching an episode and you you don't really you get like halfway uh, satisfied with the conclusion and then they leave you on a cliffhanger so that you come back next week. That's that that was a lot of fun at the beginning of Marvel. OK, I remember First time seeing uh, Thanos put on the gauntlet and say, I'll just do it myself. And I was like, oh, man, I am so into this. Now, at the end of this one, as emotional as it was, the after credit scene of Wakanda Forever, as wonderful as it was, just feels like manipulation just your 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 it's no longer fun anymore it is now almost mean because i never i'm never satisfied um and and i and i did that through 20 something movies and it and it, it, it you know it accumulated into this just epic event that i loved uh, but one, you're not making good movies anymore. Two, uh, you're making TV shows that uh, are impossible to keep up with. So now it just the after credit scene. As much of a super fan as I am, am and I've seen, I think all of them, including the television shows. Yeah, um, you can't have seen all of them. All the Netflix shows too. Um. No, yes. I know. There's no way. You know what? We'll take this offline. Continue your point, though. <laughs> Dude, I'm pretty sure. There's I'm no pretty. Way. I'm pretty sure. Maybe, maybe you. Have. <laughs> um, I don't know. That'd be impressive. Well, I don't know if that's the word. Anyway, 
Yeah. Anyway, I was I was I was thinking. Anyway, um, I so as a super fan that has seen, I think all of them, um, to to give me a little like little bait at the end, I'm like tired, <laughs> and I'm like I don't I don't know if I want to anymore. Well, what, what, the, the the formula used to be here's a big. Splashy, fun summer yeah. movie that was, it's a good movie. It's not like a great movie, like it's not cinema history movie, but it's like good, super fun, super satisfying. And then at the end, you get like a tag scene that's like, hey, by the way, this is coming too. one coming. And you're like, sweet. Yeah. And now uh, it's like, here's a mediocre movie that's not super fun, had some good moments, he had some laughs, <laughs> yeah. and now it's over. But guess what? There's going to be another one. Yeah. And it's just like, Really? Yeah, yeah. But it really starts to feel like, because of the way it's structured, and, and the, the cable slash network TV reference I made, is that there really is a formula in old school network TV that the the, the main purpose of many of these TV shows, especially like a soap opera, for instance, which, yeah. if nothing else, Marvel, Marvel movies are starting to feel like soap operatic, mm-hmm. um, is that like the only real purpose of the episode is to get you to come back to watch the next one. Like, yeah. that's the entire aim. And so all of the... So the plot isn't structured... The, the story isn't structured. The thing isn't constructed to, to deliver a satisfying story. It is constructed solely to convince you by the end to come back again. Yeah. And that feels pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think Marvel is there yet, but it certainly feels like that's like they're going in that direction. Yeah. Uh, can, uh, I, there are things that I loved that I Hit do, it. that I do yeah. want to talk Go about. Go for it. Um, First of all, to actually see Namor, I know I just said don't bring him into this movie, but they did. So I'm talking about it. Um, Really good. I really like the actor. I really like the character. Um, uh, He like the the representation of him does the character from the comics well. Um, I, I was really happy about that. I liked the action with him in it. They definitely got across that he is like, just like not all powerful, but that he is a force to be reckoned with, which is great because in the comics he can go to toe to toe with almost anybody. Um, I really, uh, I really liked the, like we said, the Shuri arc of it all. Um, and even like, even the ending of having spoilers, having the opportunity to like kill Namor and, and like, Oh, Oh, and the big one, the big one, uh, story-wise, the fact that she sees Killmonger. Yeah. I love that. Like that was, was, I didn't see that coming at all, which I love because it's not only did I not see it coming, but it's perfectly logical too. And what a tough thing to do. Really good turn. Great choice. Really, really good. Also it's Michael B. Jordan. And you know, yeah. Who, yeah. who, who, who doesn't like him? Pretty wonderful. Um, and like what it did with the character and like it, what it kind of revealed about how she was feeling, because I don't think that they had fully gotten it across yet. Her, I don't think her acting was, uh, was meant to really get across that she had this internal, like fury inside of her. So that brought that in, which was, which was super cool. I think the writing of their conversation could have been a little bit better. Uh, I mean, as with many of the scenes of dialogue, it just could have been tighter. Tighter. Yes. There's a lot of excess in the Um, dialogue. Yeah. But, but I liked it. Um, uh, And then, and then, like I said, Angela Bassett, just the beginning when she is flexing for these government agencies. That's cool. It was very, 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 cool. and see, very I, like, I just cool. like wanted, and that, and that's the thing. Maybe it was most disappointing to me is that, is that at the beginning, once like seeing that go down, I was like, oh yeah, we're in yeah. now. Uh-huh. I was like super excited for the rest of the movie, and then that was it. That was yeah. like that's the only part of that that you got to see, and the rest of the movie was about something basically entirely different. Totally. They also like I really enjoyed not not all the comedy landed, but when they go and like and pick up Ironheart. Um, and like the interaction between the characters and it was light and fun and not all of it landed, but I wanted way more of that because it was, it was fun and I enjoyed the vibe and I liked what we were doing there. And I, I was intrigued by Ironheart as a character, as far as like, um, you know, being this, this genie, it was, it was a little Peter Parkery, but that's kind of the character in general of like young genius like doing things that young kids would do with genius. Yeah. Um, and like her, I like, I don't want to be a part of this at all kind of angle. Yeah. I was like into it. I just didn't get enough of it Yeah. because we had to make room for a bunch of stuff that I didn't care about. Yeah. 
That's yeah. exactly that. Yep, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I I agree with all that stuff, and I also want to point out that the Namor, the um, actor that they got to play Namor, um, I'm gonna totally butcher his name. Um, like, I'm not even gonna try. Actually, I'm just not gonna try. You can look it up. I'm not gonna try. I'm not gonna I'll, embarrass myself. I'll I'll try. Okay. Uh, Tenic, is it? You think Tanak? Maybe. I don't. That's why I'm not trying. Tanak, Horiet Horerta Horerta. Um, I was I was told by somebody with a difficult name, um, an Indian dude, that uh, to always try, always try, okay. to always try. So that's why I, that's why I wanted to try. Uh, I T- would say Tanak, Tanak Huerta, Huerta. I don't know. Anyway, point is, great actor, Loved wonderful. Him. He Fantastic. was great. Um, um, definitely like one of the highlights was just like watching him on screen. He was very very scene chewing, very like very good, like really good performance. Love that. Um, all the things you said, totally agree. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I you know my 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 main issue with the movie, frankly, is that I could kind of get behind almost everything that was in it. My main problem, I mean, we've been talking about big macro problems like philosophically, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. my main problem was that the pacing was just like felt very off to me, um, like that the 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 uh, scenes of dialogue were all too long and there was too many of them. And what that ended up doing was taking time away from the big action sequences, these huge action sequences, which ended up feeling like very rushed to the point that like most of the fight scenes and stuff, I would just, they were just, you know, you blink and you miss them mm-hmm. and then it was over. And it was mm-hmm. like, well, you spent an enormous amount of money to set all this stuff up. Like, let us enjoy it for a little bit. I mean, yeah. And that, that's something that was baffling and frustrating to me, too, because I, I thought, you know, if there's one thing Marvel usually gets right, it's like, you know, pacing out, like, the action sequences. Totally. That you just don't get bored. Yeah. And I found myself not, like, completely bored because, like, you know, the dramatic stakes were, you know, work. I mean, again, Shuri's story was good, and there was lots of stuff that I was enjoying seeing, but it just, it felt... It felt very like, oh, we're finally getting into something happening now. And then, oh, it's over. And now we're back into another long scene of dialogue and exposition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just was, it felt very poorly paced, which is a death knell for a movie like this. Like, th- if, if nothing else, these sort of popcorny Marvel movies need to be really expertly paced so that you don't get bored and so that whatever strengths they have are highlighted. Um, because I, I would like to end by saying there was a lot about this movie that I liked. I just didn't particularly like the way it was constructed, mm-hmm. you know, which yeah, is yeah. which is a which is, again, that's a bummer. Yeah. Before we end, I have one more question to ask you. I have two, I have two things. Please. One, one, something that I loved. And two, a question for you. One thing that I loved. Winston Duke. Well, yeah. Give me impossible, more of him impossible at all not times. To love. Impossible not to love. And his conversation oh with gosh. Shuri, like at oh. at their mom, the, her mom's yeah. funeral. Excellent. I just, I was like, why he give me? And like he's like he said, like I promised your brother that I would, like you know, be there to counsel you and yeah. give you advice. Freaking great. Give me more counsel yeah. and advice. Yeah. Can he like, be more of a character? Then? Yes, Thank more. You? Yeah. yeah, love that. Um, and then the the question is, thoughts on bringing in a son impartial well so i found the scene to be very very emotionally effective yeah i mean you know some tears and just felt just felt it felt it felt it and but but when it was over i ended up feeling kind of like like you were talking about sort of manipulated yeah i was like i mean i like it in principle i just it's the thing is that like posterity is always going to be like a win, right? Like mm. it, it is the ultimate symbol of like hope and yes. things moving forward. Like yeah. you can't beat it. Things not being lost. Yes. Mm. You can't beat it. It's, yeah. it's, it's really beautiful. And I, you know, I really even, uh, liked, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lupita Young's character. What's her name? Um, uh, Nakia. I really liked, mm. uh, Nakia. Nakia. I really, really liked her character. I'd like to, again, I'd like to have seen even more of her because I think she's yes. really fantastic. Yeah. And um, I even kind of like buy the whole reason that it was hidden or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that all feels good. But, um, but yeah, I mean, so I, I, I feel mixed. Yeah. I really enjoyed it when I saw it. I felt like it was very affecting, but like, yeah. I would genuinely say put it before the credits and I would feel differently about it. Oh. I like okay. I, like I do I do yeah. think it felt it felt kind of manipulative, but I I actually I loved it. I loved how they did it. It is emotionally effective, you're right. Uh and I will say the thing about these movies and it was it was the reason that Chadwick Boseman's death was just so 
I just never thought that a celebrity death would hurt like that. It was pretty awful. Um, yeah, just because it's out of nowhere and like what, but like what he represented and and the reason that like in Endgame sitting next to a black guy so that when Black Panther is the first character to come through the portal at the end and his reaction, it like makes me emotional thinking about it because that is what Marvel is hoping that that character represents. It, it He was. Yeah. It, it, yeah. T'Challa this was. Is the, this is the job to be done. Was that, and he did it yeah. so well. And I don't know if you noticed, but the majority of the people in the theater that we were in were black. And the people sitting right in front of us yeah. were black. And so this character comes out and it's like, hey, I want you to meet T'Challa's son. Yeah. And the reaction of the guys in front of us, like almost made it, it not almost, <laughs> it did, it made it better for me. Yeah. Um, and then to hear them kind of talking afterwards about what that means and like, uh, and to like, they have, they, they almost like they're back on the screen, right? right? After this loss of, of the king, yeah. right? Um, and that's, that's why the hope for like these, these characters and, and the Marvel as a whole and DC, like that's why I get so excited about it is because when we walk out of the theater and we see a couple little black boys dressed up like Black Panther to see Black yeah, Panther, on, it's so great. It yeah. does my heart so good. And that's also why it's even more heartbreaking when they're not like great movies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, exactly. That I couldn't have said it better myself. And last note, thing that I loved, it sort of uh, maybe asymmetrically to talk about before before the movie even got started, um, when there was the Marvel, the sort of Marvel logo that, that happened. Oh, totally. And it's all just like footage of just Chadwick. Ch- Chadwick and T'Challa. And I just, man, that was like, and it's silent. Oh, man. <sighs> yeah, they did that. that like I said, <laughs> that like, part of it all, yeah. incredible. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Um, so, mixed feelings. Yes. In summary, very mixed. Um, but we should wrap up. Yes, we should. Uh, it's been it's been a long episode, which I you know I think it deserves. Yeah. Thank you, Michael um, Baum Miller, for the wonderful music. <laughs> well, I'd say before <laughs> before we completely conclude, I just okay. want to remind everyone to click on the links you see in the show notes. That's yeah. all. Please. Michael Baum Miller, you should too. Yeah. Michael. Also, thank you for the music. Yeah. And uh, please, everyone, everywhere, always remember to love movies like a nerd and respect them like a critic. And cut.